37 Disney Street, which isn't far from you, three Disney fans have watched a film which they will now review. Hello friends and welcome to 37 Disney Street. We've sent the kids down the black hole for a diamond, so we've got some time to kill as we discuss classic number 23, 1977's The Rescuers. Oh, I just love takeoffs. I'm Chris Fletcher. I couldn't think of any quotes in this film. I'm Lucy Rain. We swamp folks would like to run her clean out of her bayou. Hello, children. I'm Hugh Rain. Damning Lucy. <laughs> I know, well, they kind of sprung it's it on true, me. Though, isn't it? Genuinely, nothing was coming to my mind. So it's, it's not. It, yes, it's not immediately quotable. It's not is it? full of carcass, is it? I mean, there's going to be massive rescuer fans out there listening to this podcast well, going, Are you kidding? Shall we find some? Because 20, we asked. Uh, what a segue so early on in yeah, the Yeah, we asked the um, our Twitter followers what they thought of the rescuers. Uh, but we got a handful of responses. What we got here? Uh, Susie, our, our friend Susie, she says, um, that's or Suze, or underscore Suze. I might as well spell it out. It's A-W-W underscore S-U-Z-E. Check her out. She says, we love the rescuers. I assume that's her and Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of the few Disney films I had on VHS. Medusa is Dan's, oh, is Dan, Dan's ultimate baddie, and I put my fear of drowning down to the cave scene with the rising water and the little girl begging to be saved. My heart still pounds to this day when I watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, Victor- I read half of Victoria's tweet last week because she mentioned Pooh as well. Victorious192, she said, um, We are not fans of rescuers. We just watched Down Under last night and it was a lot better in my opinion. And then um, someone called Copa. Copa. Cabana. C- the hardest. Copac Sattel. <laughs> anyway, they said, To be fair, everything is better Down Under. That is true. Is that smutty? <laughs> that, do you know that was my exact thought then? Um, I was thinking more undercarriage. I, I watched The Rescuers Down Under a couple of years ago. It was Lucas's favourite film for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I do not have good memories of that film oh, at all. Oh dear. I'm fully expecting to hate it. That'll be me and Bolt. Right, before we get on with the show, can I ask you a question, Hugh? Copa Zattel. I'm trying to pronounce this. Twi- he's lost Twitter, Twitter handle, go on. <laughs> Um, you tweeted uh, earlier today, yes. uh, oh, oh sorry, we tweeted earlier today yeah. uh, that, that there's a live action Rapunzel in the works. What's your thoughts on this? Well, I'm not sure it's true. I think it might just be a rumour because it's, it, I mean, it's so soon after the the animation and the animation's so, it feels so modern still. I don't know why they would but there's been <clears throat> choose that to be making a live action thing. I'm not sure it's going to be a remake exactly, but... I think at this stage, given the success of the others, people will be pitching things left, right and centre. If if they're going to do that, why not do Frozen? That's only a couple of years later. Well, you know my thoughts on it. I just wish they'd stop. I just wish they'd stop with the live action remakes. I I just don't need any more. There's constant announcements at the moment, isn't there? Particularly in the TV uh, arena with Disney+. I mean, they've got a whole TV. Rick Moranis is coming out of retirement, for sake. Yeah, he is. You massive, came up with a good point. I can't remember if you did this on microphone or off microphone, but you were saying 
it might not even be you, it might be oh. Brookie. Um, he was saying this, the fashion is now to do legacy movies, which is to take do next generation of previous generation yeah, things, yeah. you know, like doing with Ghostbusters and things. Yeah, that's not me. That was my first thought when Rick Moranis was announced. I thought, well, oh, it's a legacy. Amelia Westerfers as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mighty Ducks with, with uh, Lauren Graham in it. It's massive nostalgia. It's going back Huge, to yeah. our generation's Disney well, it, Channel. It's the same people who... who um, they were targeting the Lion King at last year and, and Aladdin, isn't it? Uh, it's, that, it's that same era of of uh, TV that the of, of films that they're trying to bring into I know, the TV. But I don't know what everyone else feels like. I'm sitting at home going, leave it alone. Now we are big, 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 big Disney fans. We even don't know if you've heard have a Disney podcast. We're doing one right now. We didn't even go and see the Lion King. No. I did. I don't. I, I just don't know why they're doing them. Mm. I don't understand. It's like it's not like the the films they're remaking aren't any good. They're good enough. I, d- I don't understand it. Mm. The, well, they're not they're not good enough. I, th- I think that's that's wrong. The 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 good films and in their own right they're okay films. The the but they would they, they wouldn't have the same longevity. I don't think as the original Aladdin as the original. Oh no, um, they won't. But but now but now when we talk about these films, you have to say, oh, which one? Yeah. But then you, you say that, but then you're never going to say Jungle Book and people are going to go, what, the live action one? You say, no, the, the original one. They also feel the need to correct things. You, you know, the need, being as politically... Set the story straight. Politically motivated as we all are these days, they feel the need to apologise and correct for things that have happened, which really, I feel like that's disloyal to the original text. Do you know what I mean? It's like saying, oh, we, we were wrong to not give Jasmine her voice. <sighs> Yeah, in in some instances, yeah, I agree with that. I do agree. Anyway, this is a different rant entirely. Yeah. I believe it we've already just... had this rant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the rescuers. Well, there's no plans to um do a live action rescuers. I believe yet. Do you know what that? I think it would be better than. I think that <laughs> that, that could be remade. Uh, it's just... got to be on Favreau's radar, hasn't it? He's, Maybe. he's the uh, animal remake king. Um, Victoria did add actually. She sent a second tweet. She said the music killed it for me. Honestly, she said, and we weren't impressed by the animation. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to have some things to add to that. Yeah, so I don't think we're looking forward to reviewing this. And actually, I'm going to have a Diet Coke for the first time in a while to get some caffeine into me because I'm just not very enthusiastic about it. Does that mean we might get some impressions and Jeffrey might make an appearance? It's about to get crazy up in here. Hey, Lucy, quick, get your facts out of the way before you start. He does not react well to caffeine. Um, this was released in June 1977, based on a series of books. That was by, a really good year. By Marjorie Sharp. <laughs> yeah, we're really stuck in this year as well, aren't we? Um, developed in 1962, but shelved due to Walt's dislike of the political overtones. The first draft stuck close to the book, uh, where a poet was held captive by a total- totalitarian government in a Siberian-style stronghold. So that's why Walt ditched it. This was right in the midst of the Cold War, like smack bang in the middle in 1962. So understandably. At this point, and I'm back to talking the 70s now, at this point, a lot of the older, more established animators were leaving or retiring, and a lot of younger animators were joining. Um... The spit is about to hit the fan, so to speak. Um, in the next few movies, as we go along, stuff start, really starts to happen. Um, but the rescuers 
was received, uh, sorry, was revived as a project to give this younger group of animators led by Don Bluth. Uh, do you know who Don Bluth is? No. Is he the uh, main guy in Arrested Development? No. <laughs> the guy with the staircase. No. Are they called the Bluth family? They are, yes. It took me a minute. Yes, it did. Well, I'm kind of doing a bit of a spoiler for Fox and Hound and Black Cauldron here. But basically, the younger generation are not happy um, at this period with the management in Disney and lots of things go on. It's a really interesting period. But basically, it all comes to a head during Fox and Hound and Don Bluth leaves with nine Disney animators to set up Don Bluth Productions. I'm taking my animators with me. Yeah. And he <laughs> Come made... on, fellas. Let's get out of here. And he then makes Five Will Goes West and which is the highest grossing animated Somewhere film not made by the Disney. Oh God, the caffeine's already in. It's the highest Someone saying a... sorry. <laughs> it's the highest grossing non Disney animated feature uh, up to this date and he's made loads of other very faint I think the um dinosaur one tell as old as time or whatever it's called. <laughs> Land Before Time. Land Before Time. He, he basically, he set up a rival animation company, did mm-hmm. Don Bluth, event, uh, eventually. But at this stage, he's still with the Disney company and he's sort of given this. Um, the when the when stu- At that point, the studio was alternating between an A team and a B team, having big features and lesser features. And Robin Hood was the A feature and this was very much the B feature in terms of budget advertising budget, when it was going to come out, etc. Um, but as the A-team were finishing up on Robin Hood, a film called Scruffy about monkeys was being pitched by the A-team and that was shelved and the A-team was moved over to do uh, this, to do The Rescuers. And at that point, a lot of changes were made and it was made into a less risky and artistic project and became very much a standard Disney project and this is part of what set off the discontent between the younger animators and the older animators at Mm. this point I want to see Scruffy yeah about a team of monkeys in somewhere sounds great (laughs) is that the tagline I'm sold I don't know there was more about it I'm very tired Uh, the original version of this of the rescuers um, had a polar bear uh, being kidnapped and it was voiced by Louis Prima um, but just as the contracts and things had been signed he got diagnosed with a brain tumour and had oh. to drop out and then the whole thing was rewritten he's he's recorded a lot of, if you go on the legacy album for Robin Hood he, there's an awful lot of Louis Prima songs on there they've been trying to get him back into films well since the Jungle Book really they keep writing parts for him and it's just not working or you know <laughs> yeah. getting him to write because he wrote some songs didn't he for uh, Robin Hood I'm not sure they were used yeah I don't think they were used but, but he I think, did write I think there were a couple some. of other tracks on on, uh, that, on the Legacy album if you go stream it that, that are by him yeah mm. Um, the villain was originally supposed to be Cruella de Vil, not a tribute to Cruella de Vil, it was that. supposed to be Cruella de Vil. Um, but Ollie Johnston, thank you Ollie Johnston, thought it would be confusing to have a sequel mixed with uh, another franchise, understandably. So Madame Medusa was introduced heavily, heavily influenced by Cruella de Vil in both personality, motivation and look. And driving style. 
and driving style. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that might have been some recycled animation there as well. I'm sure we're going to come on to that. Um, and I love this fact. She was also based on Milt Carl's estranged wife. Ooh. Who he was in the process of divorcing. Oh, nice. Mm. Right, I've decided I like this film, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was Milt Carl's last film. He had been an animator since Snow White. He was one of the nine old men. He was one of the most influential Disney animators throughout its history. This is the last film he was a... Well last film he animated on last film he directed on he did some character design for um the black cauldron but left before any production started so we're sad to see him go it was also the last film for ollie johnson and frank thomas end of an era same story it really really was and i think we feel that because we've looked ahead at what's coming and we're all like oh it's gonna get bleak yeah i'm surprised they haven't left before this though Imagine this, this been the last film. Yeah, it's, um, there was a lot of infighting and stuff during this film, I do believe. Uh, but on the plus side, many animators who uh, would in the future come to define the Renaissance era started at this time and many started on this film. Mm-hmm. So all those animators who created The Little Mermaid and Aladdin and things, they were cutting their teeth at this point. The songs were by uh, Carol Connors and Ayn Robbins, and this was their first produced film. They'd met on a blind date a few years earlier. <laughs> With um, <laughs> He was a writer, she was a pianist. And um, you always have to be careful how you say that word, don't you? And they'd done some demos for a film that was never made, so they had 13 demos. And despite that... Um, the Disney company was willing to uh, give them a shot. Hmm. More fool the Disney company. Uh, the songs... <laughs> well, I don't know the... about that. Yeah, I thought that was a bit, I think that was a bit harsh. Well, for the first <laughs> time since Bambi, the songs were uh, part like of the narrative. Of <laughs> uh, they, were, they were background and part yeah. of the narrative rather than sung by actual characters. And the majority of them were sung by a lady called Shelby Flint. Originally, it was released as a double... There's loads of facts here to say it was a not very inspiring film. (laughs) Originally, it was released as a double feature with a nature documentary. And then when it was re-released at Christmas with Mickey's Christmas Carol, which I think is a far better film. I'm giving away my thoughts again, aren't I? Now, this is my favourite Easter egg. You're going to enjoy this. 3.4 million VHS copies were recalled in 1999 on oh, its re-release. No. Porn. Yes. Really? <laughs> I did not expect to be right there. There are two frames in a window as they fly through the New York. <laughs> there's two frames of an of a naked woman stood at a window. I've heard about this actually. I didn't realize it was rescuers. I had heard about this. I I've ah. got it. I've screenshot it. I've got it. I've got it. My own enjoyment. Hashtag filth. I don't know. Can we... I think we can get away with putting this on the website if people want to look. Can we or can't we? What do you reckon? It's our website. We can do what we like. We'll just censor it, which then makes it pointless. (laughs) Right, hang on. Let's have a look at it first. Let's have a look at the goods. Yes, I've definitely seen that before. What?! Now, it couldn't be seen with the naked eye when the film was running because it's 24 frames per second. Yeah, naked eye. And it was two separate 
frames. If it had been two frames together, it would have been a twelfth of a second, yeah. but it was twenty-five of a second, so you couldn't see it. However, in freeze frame, and it is conceivable someone could accidentally press pause, it is very, very explicit. Was, was all these, um, th- this period of time, obviously, it was very difficult for people. Is this when uh, Jeffrey decided that enough was enough, and so he just slotted it in? <laughs> I've had yeah. just about all I can take now, sir. I paid my dues. I don't know if I've given this coming a years of my life, but I tell you what, I'm 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 cross right now. So I'm gonna get this here magazine, cut it up, cut out a little square here, pop it on this little window. No one'll ever know, but I'll know. I'll know, all right. It was done in post production by a member of the Disney creative team. That's uh, crazy, isn't it? Or is it Milt's ex wife? <laughs> yeah. His sex wife. <laughs> wow. Wow. So love it. <laughs> There you go. Right, well, we're going to talk about this in terms of story and animation and music, as we always do. And then we're going to score it out of 100 with 30 points each for us and 10 points for the kids. That explained that a lot easier this week than last time. It's nicely done. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, so let's start with the story then. Who would like to go first? You. You. The thing about this is <clears throat> it doesn't feel, feel like a Disney film whatsoever. No, I it, agree with that. It feels like one of those uh, American tale five goes west type yeah. things or um is it ralph bakshi's lord of the rings it's just got that feel about it even like um there's there are some human characters at the start and you're like what are they they don't look like the typical disney design characters they're just they look like fashion drawings you know like yeah, or yeah. A- architectural uh figures in a in a sketch and all racially stereotyped as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's just I don't like it, basically. The story's boring. Yeah. I'm not, I don't like the world. It's dirty. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like... Uh, it, again, there's, there's genuine distress and conflict here, like genuine misery, worrying. You know, this child, an orphan, being kidnapped and forced into this, and her distress is so real. I find that really upsetting what an opening though whether you like the story or not right it starts off with the buena vista sign no music no nothing absolute silence yes and then it just sets it's got a real halloween feel to it i think at the start when you see the um the the boat the conked out boat Mm. and everything and then you've got this whole story of this of this um bottle message in a bottle weaving weaving its way back it's so sad it's really that's exactly what i wrote Mm. really sad opening Mm. You know, love love the story or hate the story. It's, it's, it's very emotive. If you're going to watch this, <clears throat> make sure you're all right, okay? Yeah. Make sure you're all right. Don't be hungover. No, don't be over, overly emotional. That would be bad. Don't have a lot of caffeine. <laughs> Just be careful with it. It is... It's going to bum you out. In many ways, it is a really good opening in the sense that you immediately want to know what, why she's there... You want to know what's going to happen to the bottle, so it that that grabs you as an audience member. Yeah, mm-hmm. and but then that finishes and bang, the whole thing changes. The the feel of everything changes straight away. You're at an airport. You've got these very racially stereotyped people and the mm. animals climbing down from them, mm. and and it feels completely different to what you just to the whole intro. It's really weird, mm. but you know. Story aside, they waste no time getting into the premise. They're straight into that room with all the mice. They're straight away saying, this person's been 
kidnapped. Or, well, no, they don't. They, they, they've got a bottle. They haven't even opened it to find out what the message is. We found a bottle. They sing that weird anthem. <laughs> yeah. The Rescuers Society anthem, whatever it is. And immediately Ber- Bernard and Bianca fall in love with each other, like... It's- Instantly. Why it's all does a she bit... pick him? Why does because she pick Because he's, he's milling around in the background and she just gets a feel for him that, yeah. you know, he's, he's going to be a good guy to have around. But why do they get this bottle? They find a bottle. They randomly find a bottle and they happen to be international rescuing mice. Well, it might not have come to them. It could have come to other mice who knew about the internationally rescuing mice. Maybe. maybe. Yeah, it seems maybe like they're fairly well known. I mean, they, they have representatives all over the world. It's so strange. I get the impression from what I've read that in terms of story, very little was taken from the book. It's more premise and characters and this is what they do and, and things. We've had an awful lot over the last however many years of um, concepts, books not being followed, no real kind of thread of story. Robin Hood was, a, you know, chunks of stuff. Um, Winnie the Pooh was chunks of, of different things. The Sword and the Stone was as well. Jungle Book was as well. This is the first time in ages, probably Aristocats aside, that we've had an actual, whether you like it or not, an actual story that has a thread to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's not something we've, that's been familiar for quite a long time now. So in terms of storytelling, at least they're telling a story. That's true. <laughs> that's true. And it's a very simple premise. And, and it, it's also... Yet again, very similar to 101 Dalmatians in that somebody's lost and people are going to go and save them. Yeah. So it's the same story as we've had. Well, let me be more positive. I like um, Burns and Bianca. I really do. I like Mm. the voices. I like the characters. Bob Newhart. He's ace. He's ace. Mm. Lucy said, because I I think I clocked his name, but I didn't quite um, absorb it. And she said, do you know who's doing that voice? And as soon as I heard it, it was stuttering the way I am now. Dithering. Um, it was dithering. Uh, I said, is that is that Papa Elf? From I Elf. Li- I was literally going to say, he still, even at that age, he still does that 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 mm. thing where he, he, you, you, he, you, he lingers you, on words too long. Yeah. <laughs> it's very sweet, though. I like it. Yeah. It it's, it's right for the character. And it's well, strange how someone can make a career on... And an actor... A yeah. career I'm I mean, not it's not able to a, get a sentence out. It's not a stutter, is it? It's not a speech impediment. No, it feels it's like just, it's a deliberate choice. I, I think it's just, just something about, I'm doing it now, but it's just something about the way his mind works, where he's, uh, I think maybe he's thinking faster than he can speak and he, yeah. he gets stuck on his words. That's what happens to me. He does that in a very big way in Big Bang Theory. On his, yes. In his uh, appearance. Mm. He really plays up to it in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some of his stand-ups are pretty good, actually. I've, I've watched quite a bit of it on U- hmm. YouTube. Is, I didn't know he was a stand-up. Yeah. Stand-up guy. Mm-hmm. Eva Kapoor? Yes, please. <laughs> I, like, I liked it. Yeah, I liked her better in this than in Aristocats. Yeah. Her voice is, is really good in this. I like it. I like the character design of her. making. A, I suppose as a feminist, I shouldn't be all about the sexy mouse and all that, you know, because all the <laughs> other mice kind of like lift the glasses up and go, ooh. But I think they do a good job of making her elegant yeah, and classy. I think she, she's a lovely, lovely little mouse. Yeah. Um, I like little set pieces like the whole flying on the albatross, but being in the con- um, control centre and, you know, bits like that I find appealing. The minute we get to the swamp, I'm, I just... What I love about movies and the movies I get into and the franchise I get into is disappearing into another world. Hmm. The same with reading. But it's got to be a world you want to be in. Yeah. 
Now, when it comes to that bayou and that swamp, I just don't want to be there. But it, it's Is all it, of it. It's like they visit the, the orphanage straight off and that's dark and everything's like lived in and like... I want to leave immediately. But, uh, yeah. And then, then they go straight from that to... Uh, is it a pawn shop? Yeah. yeah. And already yeah. by that time, I'm thinking, oh, can we go somewhere else? Somewhere more fun? Can the sun come up at least? Yeah. It's oh. awful. It, it feels cold and damp and I really don't like the world at all. I love it. It's just so atmospheric. I really, really genuinely, I love the world that it's set in. It's really seedy and horrible. And you're right. Everything you're saying about it is absolutely right. And if, if that's not the kind of film you've bought into, then you're not going to enjoy it for that very reason. But I think it sets that scene immediately. The film starts, it sets that scene. So I knew what I was expecting. So for me, it didn't have it, that kind of impact. It is a taste thing. I mean, me and Hugh have this constant conflict's the wrong word we just accept it with films like Time Bandits and Dark Crystal and yeah. Hugh loves yeah. them and Lucy. I just I don't hate them she doesn't I like grubby things yeah it's just grubby and I, I don't enjoy <laughs> I sometimes them. do but not in this case mm. well I what I didn't like about The Swamp was up to that point I felt like oh Medusa aside I felt like this is different this feels completely different and then Medusa appears in the pawn shop and you're like alright there's Cruella Deville. There's Cruella, Cruella Light. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but fair enough. But as soon as you get to the swamp, you've got all these additional characters who are just straight out of the books of, of previous Disney films. Mm. You know, you've even got the the Sheriff of Nottingham in there as, as a character. And it just, for me, that just killed it. Because yeah. suddenly you've just got these familiar characters that don't need to be there because you can tell this is something different straight away. I feel like the woodland creatures, uh, they were almost put in there to pacify you to go we, so. we we are disney we are still cute i know there's Little a comical turtle again Tortoise. there's a girl who will never get over this who's mentally scarred for the rest of her life because of the the abuse that she's suffered at the hands of these awful people but here's a gopher you know yeah. that's kind of what it feels like yeah gopher. just a bit weird i can't believe that out of everything disney have done i'm, I'm right in saying this aren't i this is the only one so far that's got a cinematic sequel yes. at this point in time yeah why this I, uh, <laughs> why this right also it's crazy <laughs> I believe where's Snow White 2 I believe that we've been I, I joked last time Winnie the Pooh we keep saying oh this is the last one that's got Walt's fingerprints on this is the last one this is genuinely <laughs> you yeah. keep saying this I, know, I, don't, I don't trust you I think this is facts. genuinely the first one that he had nothing to do yeah. with green lighting developing or there anything there is no sign of Walt Disney no in this. and he had always <laughs> he'd always resisted sequels he'd always resisted it people um, there's a I used to do quotes I stopped doing them but there's a quote in my quote book about sequels and he basically said I had that thrown at me with the three little pigs I made the decision then and I keep to that decision of not doing the sequels. If the star is finished, the star is finished. Yeah. This just goes to show the fact that they made a sequel of this tells you that Walt's not driving this boat but anymore. Doesn't, doesn't the sequel come... I mean, obviously, it takes time for it to go from being greenlit to being made. But when you think of all the TV that was being made through the 80s and you've got stuff like Rescue Rangers in there, it wouldn't surprise me if it isn't off the back of some of that activity that they thought actually this would be a good thing to do a sequel of because it's actually I've got that written down it's the other way around they fully ah, okay. they fully developed a TV series for the rescuers because it was very popular um, and then they greenlit 
rescuers down under and they didn't want overexposure so they took all the scripts and turned it into Chippendale Rescue Rangers there you go so that was originally the rescue. me and my friend once uh, recorded some TV theme songs we were going to start a band called the Telly Addicts I remember and, um, you did the raccoons you did yeah you did it. all sorts and one of them was Chippendale and I used an online toy piano I wonder if we could slot it in but it's it's awful it's very embarrassing it's about 15 years old I think we can have oh, a no, we'll have this If it. you can find it for me. Oh, it's on my website. I'll, I'll bang it in. Here's on my website, pal. Excellent. <laughs> well, no, I, I, every year, at certain points in the year, I, I get remind, I, I get the memories on Facebook, and it's me goading you into into doing a live gig. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and then, I'm, I'm always gutted that I never managed to I, I almost started that as a one-man act, just called The Telly Addicts, because I, I thought... I think you had I one rehearsal, didn't you? <laughs> no, we had one and a half rehearsals. One above the sun. And then and just... you, you stormed out due to creative differences. <laughs> Well, they, I just couldn't get those guys together. I was always available. One of them went off on a cruise ship, didn't he? Well, a long time after. Was it a long time but after that? That could have been good. Anyway. Um, so the rescue... Uh, I can't remember what I was going to say now. Rescue Rangers? Maybe. The sequel. Oh, no, sequel. Yeah, the sequel thing. So you are right, but actually the success of The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh did spawn another featurette. So in that sense, the sequelized, but not as a classic. Mm-hmm. That's all I was going to say. Mm. It's just everything about it. Like, Madame Medusa doesn't feel like a very creative name. I don't know. She ain't what, no Madame either, is she? But like, what's Medusa got to do with anything? It's just, they've just plucked like a, mm. you know, a, a, an evil sounding name. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, trying to explain to Lucas who Medusa is yeah. in terms of Greek mythology. Oh, and he's like, I don't understand. Show him, the, show him Clash 80s. of the Titans, he'll be <laughs> terrified. In the 80s. Is that the stop animation? Yeah, oh, yeah. Ray Harryhausen. In the 80s, the only woman who would have been called Madam would work in a brothel. It's not... No, but Mm. it's not a title that people had, is it? Oh, who are you? I'm Madam Medusa. They'd either be a fortune teller or a brothel owner. There you are. Yeah. It's just not clever. Cruella Deville. There's something about it. Madam Medusa just feels like stuck together. Mm. Anyway. Do you know the, uh, the Albatross Airlines scene? Uh, that's another one of these that we had on a Betamax tape of a compilation show and I've mentioned this time and time yeah, again yeah. but you know the, for, for anyone new to this they used to have these things on one of the BBC or ITV where the Michaela Stracker would introduce clips from films ITV I think right and you would say that every time and I go oh okay um, but one of them was this Albatross bit and as soon as it came on because we watched it today I thought like I, remember, I suddenly remembered everything about it because I'd watched this one scene so many times, like 50 times probably, maybe, mm. maybe, maybe not that many. Um, but yeah, especially the, uh, the, the music, his, his music, he just it's very nostalgic. And I was like, oh, and at that point I thought, oh, I'm getting warm feelings about this. Did you get worried for the poor little dragonfly trying to get away from those bats? <sighs> what kind of name is Evan Rude? I've never heard that. When they go, oh, here's Evan Rude. I'm like, I'm sorry, what, who now? I think someone thought it sounded kinky in Eva Gabor's voice. He, <laughs> he looks like a uh, kind of a stereotypical old-fashioned scouser, doesn't he? With his moustache. I don't know. But it, it was tense. I thought it was tense. I do like his name, but it's crazy. I think maybe I'm being a, a bit harsh. The, it's watchable. I like the beginning. I like the premise. And I have a feeling I'm going to like the Down Under one. It's just, I really uh, I've got an find it distressing. Evan Rude is a brand of outboard motors. 
Brilliant. So it's called Evan Rude because of the ah. motory noises that he makes and stuff, I guess. So okay, it was actually really, really relevant. Yeah. Incredibly. Yeah. <laughs> I might not <clears throat> I might not mind this film so much if if it was a bit brighter. Mm. And it could have been, like some of the locales, but it's just it's relentlessly dingy, dirty. It got and- it got me down. Well, should we go no, on like to... That. Have we got anything else to talk about story or should we go no, full into the look of it? I, I don't think I've got anything else to say on the on the story front. Um, it, it was what it was. I, I like the atmosphere that it, it painted. I didn't mind the story. Um, but it wasn't the highlight of the film for me, the story. I mean, okay, if it, if it was a, a novel, an adult novel, I think the story itself, it, it's, it's gripping in many ways. But for... A Disney film. I found. I just found it distressing. You better brace yourself for the fox and hound and for uh, <laughs> uh, Black Cauldron. Then. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. So if we go on to talking about art and animation, the you say it's very dark and you wish it had been brighter. This decision to have minimalist backgrounds, sort of impressionistic backgrounds, um, when it's done in very dark colours, when it's meant to be twilight and night, it, it really is oppressive, in my opinion. Um, for me, these are the best backgrounds we've seen for years for ages, and and the the oil paintings of, in of the introduction of the of the whole intro title sequence is phenomenal. The biggest problem with it for me is that they zoom in too close on it at times. <laughs> yeah, you know, like to the point where it's it's, it's too grainy, you can't see, you it, see it properly. The brush, but brush it, it's some of the some of the backgrounds are fantastic. The other thing that we've seen for the first time in ages is decent water play. The animated water, yes, is just superb. The- there's a bit with a boat where they turn the lights on and you see the uh, the reflection just sparkling in the water. We've not seen that since the, since that the package nice. films. We've not yeah. seen anything like that since the package films. We've got good use of, of multiplane. Um, admittedly, the, the drawings that go with the multiplane <laughs> are not up to Bambi standards, but you've got some good use in that. But then the opening shot, the very first shot of that boat is so flat. Yeah, and and I know it's uh, followed by these uh, oil paintings, but that isn't an oil painting. I don't think it is. No, no, uh, you're and right. And it is so flat, and I just thought, oh no, what, what are we getting in for here? It's interesting, that, isn't it? Because that that must have come out of the fact that they've done the title sequence at the end and not as part of the film, and for whatever reason, maybe Wolfie wasn't involved. Mm. They didn't decide they decided not to reuse the bit when they go up to it later on in the film when they do use all they do use a multiplane and go and come in through the through the bayou, and it. I, I don't know. I, I think. I think. The atmosphere for me, you, you find it dirty and everything. I get that. For me, the atmosphere is is really, really good, and that's down to the artwork. It's absolutely a taste thing, and like I say, I'll go straight back to Dark Crystal. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, Hugh loves that film and I just don't like it. It's just one of those things. But, I mean, let's let's take it back. The character mm-hmm. animation is very well done, again. Well, can it's, I, it's Disney, isn't it? Can I ask you something about that? The, uninspired. The humans, we haven't seen humans done well for quite a long time and I think they've done quite well the first thing I thought about it when I when we, I was watching it was this feels like Iron Giant to me Bit, bits of these characters the, the look and feel of them it, it has that feel of that of the Iron Giant and I wondered mm. I started thinking that wonder why that is Brad Bird directed that didn't he and created it yeah um, and, I th- and I thought well he's he's like He's ex Disney. I wonder if he was involved in this film. So I started looking through to find out he wasn't, he, but he was Milt. He was Milt's uh, protege. Mm-hmm. So and right. Milt, Milt did the um, Medusa. He did Penny. So it, it does stand to follow that that's probably why there's some similarities in there. Yeah. But I, I, I thought, yeah, I thought there was great character animation. It's just those those characters in the swamp for me just killed it because the, it was like they just churned out some old things again, whereas everything else felt fresh and felt new. There are some bits where I always get specific about this, but the actual quality of the line work is really, really bad in yeah. places, uh, especially on uh, Penny. There was yeah. a, one bit where towards the end and I thought, well, has anyone made any attempt to clean this up at all? <laughs> She's a mess. Uh, and also there's this weird thing they keep doing, uh, but it's inconsistent where the characters have like, instead of having a black line, they have a grey line around them. You know the bit at the start where they're all holding their hand up so Miss, Miss Bianca's going to pick them? They've all got a grey outline. And then when they're in the uh, the dark trying to get the um, the diamond, again, they've got this grey line around them. I wrote that just... down. I, what I wrote down was, you can see the edge of the paper. That's why I just think <laughs> I, tell you it, something I, just else. Think, I know it sells, but you know what I mean? Yeah, That's what yeah. it felt like. It That's felt like it, it just like. cut out paper. That None of them have on. got whites in their eyes either. No, they, they don't. The grey mouse has got... Because my black spot and grey eyes. Penny doesn't, does she? She's just peach. No, none of them do. The, peach I, eyes. I read this. On uh, Bian- Bianca and, and yeah, Bianca's definitely got whites. Well, she's white, but she's got whites in her eyes, hasn't she? She's got pupils and white eyes. Because she's white because she's already. White. Right. Okay. They haven't drawn. <laughs> they haven't drawn them in. I read it on the. Well, I, 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 get, no, I get you. Now, I get you. Now. I understand. I understand. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were just being. I don't know. You're saying they don't have whites in their eyes, but... Childish, then. <laughs> no, they've got the space where the whites should be, but they're just self-coloured. Ah, yeah, yeah, I get you. I get you. There's a bit that bugs me, and that's uh, they use the exact same animation of Orville taking off three times. You know, when he's running along, he's got his head down. Yeah. Uh, the second time I thought, oh, well, that's just his style, but then, I th- like, you know, that's how he takes off. But then the third time I thought, no, that is just the actual same bit of animation. Like, come on. Mm. We're a bit used to that, though, aren't we? Hmm. <laughs> Do you know what though? I don't hate this film. I just I just didn't enjoy being part of this world. But there are there are bits that I like in it. The bit where uh, Ellie May and Luke, you know, the the two mice in the bayou in the swamp, the bayou, yeah, the bayou. Yeah, bayou. Um, when uh, when the albatross first turns up, she's gesturing to him. She's looking at it, and she just gives him this little wave of a hand, like she's trying to tell him about the you know the incoming albatross, and she just keeps giving him this little wave. And actually, after that, I liked it because it was kind of funny and cute and realistic. And after that, I started to watch her and her animation. I think she was the best. There's a bit where she, where they're running down the steps near the end and she hitches her skirt right up and she totters down the steps. Mm-hmm. And just every movement that she made was quite comical. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, you know, who was working on her specifically, but it was like, you know, there are little moments in this that, that I like. Ellie Mae. <laughs> 
you can say it on mic. She's Lucy's mouthing who at me. I don't want to. I didn't want the listeners to know that I wasn't listening to you at all for the first <laughs> bit of that. I didn't know who you were talking about. Who's he on about? You know, Luke and Ellie May. Yeah. Yes, I do now. Yes. She's well animated. Right. She's comical. Why did they decide to make the turtle character that colour? Do you know what? I don't recall any turtle in this film. And <laughs> well, just twice you've mentioned it now, yeah. and I'm like, what? I don't remember this guy. No, well, you know the, the dad, the turtle, the dad turtle from Robin Hood? Basically, it was that character was one of the ones in the swamp. Okay. But it was like a dirty brown colour. <laughs> and and so you, you couldn't really see it. That's probably why you didn't see it. It was kind of blended into the background. Pass me by that one. <laughs> and do you know what? I don't remember it from Robin Hood either. <laughs> oh, yay, my dad. I have put... I've got selective have, turtle... Blindness. I have written down. There's some interesting, uh, some strange color choices. Is what I said. There's they were, they were saving the money on inking work. it. This is when I looked up the whites of the eyes thing. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know IMDb. Is that because they were still hand inking? Or well, mm. they're handing yeah, whatever. Um, but that going through and coloring that small bit, the the creative decision to not do just saved them so much money. <laughs> But, I mean, when it gets to that... I mean, Walt would turn in his grave, not colouring in the whites of the eyes to save money. Yeah. Do you know what's quite interesting, though? So we've seen all these um, anthropomorphic characters over the last few films, and we've started to see these the the female definition and stuff. But, you know, the, the classic... What you think of as the classic Disney princess eyes, they haven't come from the classic Disney princesses at all. They've all come from these animals. You think about yeah. what she looked, what what Bianca looks like in this, what the um, Maid Marion was like in the last film. That is, it's, they've almost taken that look and feel of those animals and then instilled that into the what's what's to come in the um, in the Renaissance point. era. But Snow White never had that, and neither did any of the other princesses. They were all fairly. Uh, yeah, I think films like this needed to happen to get to what what's coming. It's a definite mm. progression, isn't it? Um, yeah. It is a bit of a scruffy, strange place. This film because it's it, well, it's stuck, <laughs> it's stuck it between nicely. everything, isn't it? It's, that should it's be a kind of tagline for the film. But it, I mean, it's, it's stu- people trying to trying to well, fighting for for artistic. Um, oh, I can't even think of the word. But but you've got the old garden, they've got yes. the new garden, and and this and there's definitely the that same with management. I'm not sure exactly what when it was that. Um, uh, his son-in-law, Walt's son-in-law, was ousted by the board, but it was about now. I'd have mm. to look into it. Um, someone Miller. I always forget his name. But, the, yeah, the company management, the art management, you've got this old guard, you know, ageing and retiring. You've got new people who are trying to make the markets. It's an incredibly turbulent time behind the scenes. It feels like it's all happening at once, though, when they maybe could have started introducing people a little bit... Did, did, Whatever happened to his art college? You know, there, it was still there, was, wasn't it? Well, there was this. I need to look into it. There was a big thing, wasn't there, in the early years of how they were trained? Didn't Disney almost go under at this point? In this period? Uh, no, that comes soon. Soon, though, right? Mm. Because, like, imagine if it had. What a sad ending to a, you know, once great production house this would have been to sort of go out. Uh, like, do you know, there's people listening to this who like this film and they'll be, you know, be really cross up and saying stuff like this. But, but for were... me, if it would have ended in, in this period, it would have been so sad. What there was a, a previous end. time when they nearly closed the animation department because the live action department was making so much money so easily. Yeah. And it was just seen as too difficult. And that was in Walt's time. 
Um, but at this point, see, thing is, this film made a buttload of money. Mm. Yeah, because they made it on a shoestring, didn't they? It was very, very popular. You know, it was... It, you, I think you'd also, historically... Where are we? 77, why am I even asking? You'd <laughs> hit that sort of child child market where all of a sudden things for kids were being prioritised in family incomes, which they weren't in the 40s, you no. know. So taking kids to the cinema, you know, there was home home movies were more accessible, etc. And it just, it made loads and loads of money. And they could have merchandise and spin-off and all sorts. Yeah, yeah. say about the art and animation or should we dip into the music I think we should get into music quite soon because um, we thought this was going to be quite short but we've been going for about 40 minutes already <laughs> well I hated the music is that a surprise uh, no because you told us earlier yeah I did <laughs> well I quite liked the music I just found it wishy-washy and weak unmemorable very of its time true true there are some nice songs in there though I thought some of it's quite evocative, like that that opening number, the journey. It's very evocative. <laughs> if it had just been that song in that style and that uh, technique used of having mm. it as a narrative song, um, I I would I'd be happy with that. But the fact that they use that, I think they use that specific style tempo three times. Yeah, tomorrow mm. is another day, and someone's waiting for you. Hmm. It, it, for, so grim. For me, it was a weird juxtaposition of, of these 70s ballads mixed with what was more <clears throat> classic Disney-type score than, again, than we've had for a while. We got very used to this, this mm. very much this era of Disney's scoring, and that isn't there this time. We've gone back to something a bit more traditional. Um, yeah, there was a bit it, where... It's, it's strange. Bernard, oh, that's another thing. As a British person, I'll never get over you pronouncing Bernard as Bernard. <laughs> Bernard. Bernard, when Bernard ran down the steps, it sounded almost Snow Whiteish. There was a little bum bum yeah. bum 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 bum, yeah, you know, like they did. Um, but yeah, it, the scar and the songs didn't gel. They didn't match very well, did they? No. I like Orville's uh, sort of marching band style music. You know, I like that. It's fun. And then I like, you know, what comes after that is the tomorrow is another day. You know, it's got the. Uh, Sort of a bit of brass in there. It reminded me of um, Presidential Suite, Super Fair Animals. Oh, I love it that song. It had that kind of, um, you know, that sort of almost optimistic flying through the clouds thing, which is what I think of when I hear Presidential Suite. But then this song, uh, they're literally flying through the clouds. So something about that style of music makes me think of flying. I, I want to sing that song now, but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get taken off the air. <laughs> Do you know, there's a bit in that section, though, where um, Miss Bianca says... Does she say, it's just like a roller scooter? Is that, is that what she said? I didn't What's know. she on about? <laughs> it's just like a roller scooter. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. What? I didn't notice that. I'm sure she says roller scooter. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, the music was all right. I, 
I, I, I liked it. I didn't dislike it. I like them as songs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like that uh, that one in Robin Hood, you know, that we said we quite liked. It's got that quality to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Could have but been a again, contemporary pop song, but it just, it's just not very Disney, is it? I, don't, I think once in a film, I wouldn't have acknowledged it as, I don't like this. Oh, I hate this. I hate this if it was once in a film, but it's the fact that that is... That's the choice. A musical, that, yeah, that's a, a musical choice and it's three times and it's, right, so we're doing this, are we? Mm. It's, I don't feel like I've heard any of those before. No, I don't think, yeah, I don't feel like And I've either. seen the film before, I think, but... See, I see, I think. Well, I thought I, I have, think but... I've seen the film. That's how unmemorable it is. Yeah. I thought I'd seen it before and I didn't remember any of it. So, in fact, I'm sure I've seen it before and I didn't remember any of it. So, uh, I yeah. know I've seen it before. Not at all memorable. And it... I'd watch it again, though. I'd, I'd quite happily watch it again. Uh, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to be well, in the right that is mood a, for it. You know... The question is... Is it better than Ichabod and, Ichabod and Mr. Toad? I think we're about to find out. Well, we are. Do you want to tell us about I don't stuff? think it is. Okay, well, first of all, the budget was £4.7 On its initial release, worldwide, it made £48 million. Whoa! And it, Whoa. Out, it outgrossed Star Wars A New Hope in several countries. You mentioned on the last podcast that we were on A New Hope era. Well... It was dwarfed by the rescuers. Think about that for a second. <laughs> Don't be too proud of this technological well, terror well, you've well, constructed. You know <clears throat> yeah, I can see that. You know, it's a, it's a sort of a, almost like an independent, like sci-fi film mm. versus a Disney film. What are you mm. going to go for? Who are you going to call? Rescuers. They, they had <laughs> no idea of what what it was going to do. Star Wars, did they? Yeah. So. It's not a massive surprise. Hey, this nearly spawned Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Chippendale. Uh, right, so IMDb, notorious for its 7.6 score, 6.9. Oh, it's a low one. Yeah, it's quite low for um, IMDb. Mm. I was surprised though, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> No, just thinking about Chippendale again. I, I think that I think there are two key changes in it, and I think I took one out because <laughs> you should do a separate ago, podcast about it. Was so strained by the second one that I thought I can't do a second key change, so I took it out. Well, that's it. I'm stopping this. It's like um, Merry Christmas, everyone. That just keeps the key change just keeps coming and coming and coming. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. constant. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, audience score, 68. That's not the lowest we've had. No. Not the highest, not the lowest. I was surprised at this. Critic score, 80%. That's quite high. That is quite high. It almost feels like a, a film that critics could enjoy, appreciate it. I, yeah. I think I Pretentiously. Just, yeah. I <laughs> well, think no, I, I like just it. decided... I think it's very good. This isn't for me. This isn't speaking to me. This isn't my taste. You know, like you can walk into a room and look at the decor and think, this isn't my taste. And you, you know, yeah. don't accept that that's a very nice sofa. You're just, you're not into it. Mm. Um, so that's what the critics are. What did we think? What did you think about the story, Chris? Do you know what? I didn't hate the story. I liked that it had actually had a story and wasn't a mishmash of little tales that were, were 
either close to or not at all close to the book that they're based on. It just was its own story. Um, I like the atmosphere in general of the thing. I like the character performances. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. Do you know, I'm I'm just getting a bit tired of this era now. <laughs> and I know that the the Renaissance is coming up, you know, with the little blip of rescuers down under, um, which apparently is, you know, better. Uh, so we'll see about that, and I'll give it a chance. But I just feel like I'm waiting for the Little Mermaid at this point, mm. and um, I didn't find it a massively appealing or exciting tale. Uh, the the humour wasn't quite enough to lift it for me. Um, so I've given it a six. I you well you know. What I thought, my gut reaction to the whole child being stolen, sent down a hole, the ugliness of Medusa, just didn't appeal to me at all. I will say, I like the premise of two rescuing mice and the Rescue Aid <laughs> Society. Um, and I think they actually didn't do, they, they did quite a good job of telling the story they chose to tell. I just didn't want to hear the story they chose to tell. So... I've given it a four. Maybe they'll pick it up in the sequel, eh? Maybe. Well, I do you know what? I'm quite looking forward to watching the sequel because, like I say, the characters and the premise yeah. I quite like. And they're going down under. It might be sunny. If it's a bit jollier and a bit less, you it's know... It's a lot of water from what I remember because it's quite a long way to if get the, there. If the stakes oh. aren't quite as horribly high, mm. I might enjoy it more. Animation, Hugh. <clears throat> uh, do you know some quite nice character animation... But the line quality is poor, and I find it all very dirty and unappealing, so I've given it a six. If Which we... isn't, like, the worst, is it? You know, yeah. it's like, there's enough there for me to, to go, yeah, it's, there's technically... Uh, there's some choice. Some of these young people, these young animators, they're making some decisions and choices that are actually just, you know, little moments of brilliance in there, but six. <laughs> That's the caffeine that was, that last little blast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um... Again, the look, the overall look of it, I don't enjoy. Um, but I have to recognise that there's some skill in the animation. I've given it a six, also. It's scruffy in parts, um, but it's the most different that we've seen in ages, and I really appreciate that. Um, I think there's some really nice backgrounds. I love the work with the water work at times. I think is brilliant, and I love the oils, the, the oil work and the painting at the start as well. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. That just leaves music. What are you saying, Chris? Yeah, I, on the whole, I liked it. it. It's just not at all memorable. Um, in fact, I had to really struggle to think about what the music was when we started talking about music. All I can really say is that, yeah, I, I, I appreciate the scoring probably more than I have done for quite a long time. Um, I like the three songs that are in it, but I'm not that bothered about them at the same time. So I'm, I'm going to give it a six, I think. Mediocre is a compliment. I'm giving it a three. Golly, Ooh. gosh. I think there are some genuinely nice songs in there, but they're not really Stone Cold classics and they don't feel very Disney. But I have given it a seven. Oh. What about them kids that we've got? We just watched The Rescuers. Two mice. A bird, a dragonfly, and a little girl called Penny. There was a message in a bottle, and it goes to the rescuers, 
which is one boy mice and one girl mouse. I do not remember what they're called. The little girl called Penny got caught from the orphanage by a nasty woman and a nasty man. There was a bird. He was like a plane and he had a seat, a seatbelt, some lists and he could fly them in a little bit of a box. So the story is that some people catch a girl that fits enough to go down a black hole where a diamond is that they want. The bad woman is really wanting the diamond so she has medical powers. And she goes down and gets the diamond. The end. They took a lot of time exploring and rescuing Penny. She gets some parents at the end. My favourite bit was when they got the diamond. When the little girl got the diamond, not the people who stole it. (laughs) And I really liked how the diamond glowed. My favourite bit was the part when they were flying. My favourite song was the flying song. I did not have a favourite song. My favourite character was the Lady Mouse. I would give it a four out of five. I would give it a three out of five. Do you know what that gives us a score of? 52 plus 7. 59. Yeah. 59. Where does that put us in the table? That puts us one above Aristocats and one below Saludos Amigos. Was Aristocats that Five low? You see, I'm, yeah. I'm surprised it's above Aristocats. I'm surprised it's above Ichabod and Mr. Toad, but then I've, I suppose it's where I've scored it. So. I don't, if you'd all scored like me, it would have been way below Aristocats, I think. <laughs> well, that's what, a good job we didn't all score What's like lifted me. it up? Is it me scoring a seven for music? Is that what's what's done it? <laughs> well, I, I've done sevens and a six, haven't I? So none of that's high, though, is it? Yeah. Really? It's still only just over half points, isn't it? You see, I will Disney bound as Marie and I will have Aristocat imagery around my house. I can't imagine me ever having anything rescuers. And that's that's not because of what I've said about it being dirty and stuff. I do have a pin on my lamp. I'm a pin collector of Bernard. You're not going to get like a rescuers cupcake on Main Street, are you? No. Not gonna have a not gonna have a dark ride or a float in the parade. <laughs> if we don't need a dark ride, the film's dark enough. I would queue up for Bianca and Bernarda's meetable characters, though, and I do believe they are meetable characters mm. in a park. Well, Quite factor Hugh. Oh, actually, do you know what? No, let's just. I, I do have some favourite bits to talk about. Oh, very quickly. Um, I liked it when Mister Snoops wants to see the Devil's Eye Diamond. And uh, Madame Medusa just flashes him a look at it. Just just turns it around really quickly. And it's so childish. And I like that. that it made me chuckle. Um, I also, I, I say I liked this, but it made me laugh because it was so bad. And it was, for she's a jolly good fellow, for she's a jolly good fellow, for she's a jolly good fellow, from Morningside Orphanage. She's got a new mom and dad. Hooray for mom and dad. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, that was really bad. And, uh, it's got... and who agreed on the lyrics? Did they get them all together and go, right, this is how we're yeah. going to sing it? Oh, yeah. can I change my score? Because that's music, isn't it? <laughs> it is music. And this is uh, what I think might be the third use of the goofy... Ah, I didn't notice it. It's in there. Um, 
I really liked, although it's not a, not a thing to like, the tension of the water coming in when they were trying to get the diamond back was just oh, you see, really is, well done. Yeah. This is when I just, I wanted to turn it off. Do you, I, I just, I just don't, I don't like that happening to children. I liked the fact that the diamond in that was just like a piece that they were moving around. You know, it wasn't animated, like, separately. It was just a, a piece of paper. <laughs> they were just shoving around. You sure you don't want to rethink your animation score? Yeah. Cry Factor, Hugh. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. He really loves it. I don't know why they just can't be together. <laughs> Hugh's Cry Factor. Right, well, when Penny hasn't been chosen by some parents at the orphanage because the red-headed girl is prettier than her. Now, as a father of a little girl, that gets you a bit. And then when Medusa tells her that no one would want... Does she call her a homely girl? I think she says no one would want a homely girl like you. I could be wrong. Um, and then she puts that little hat on Teddy. You know, and she has a moment on the boat where she's, you know, that music's playing. Mm-hmm. She sa- And then she says a sweet... It just keeps building. Then she says a sweet little prayer. It's a three. It got me. I'm going to do that again. Can I just add a a favourite bit or a favourite character? I don't think we've spoken about him. The old cat. Oh, Merlin from... from, Not the the actor, but it was basically Merlin. I didn't enjoy that he was wearing glasses, though. (laughs) No, but, I mean, him and the relationship with the girl was lovely. And when, yes. she, when she picked him up and he slid down, but he didn't tell her and he didn't scream or wobble. It, it was... He was lovely. a nice character, actually. And the fact that he, he, he reasons with the mice saying, look, if if you're here, then I'm going to get the boot. So mm. could you could, would you mind? Yeah. <laughs> Please. Yes. Right. Well, um, rather than forget about it, I'm going to remember this week that we can talk about the stuff that we do online from time to time. Um, we're all on Twitter. Um, Lucy? At Lucy37DS. Hugh? You can just search my name, Hugh Rain. Rain with an E on the end. I'm Chris37DS. And we're all on 37 Disney Street as well. And you can also find our website, which is 37disneystreet.co.uk. And Lucy is um, vlogging on our uh, YouTube YouTube channel channel as well, which is also 37 Disney Street. And we're on... Instagram, if you search for 37 Disney Street, you'll find us there. We're all over the shop. We have another podcast focusing on Disneyland Paris, a bit of a travel podcast there, yeah. which we're all very passionate about, so please check that out. And I've put all our previous Disney Park trip videos as a playlist on the YouTube channel from my own channel. Yeah, and you can find it all straight from the website as well. Everything's linked to from there. How good is that? There's a lot going on. And on that note, um, I guess we'll see you next week. So see you later. See you later. Good night, children. <laughs> Hope you get adopted. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that weird? <laughs> <laughs>